0: And, and another thank you card says, Bethel Baptist Church, thanks for the food. It was delicious. I mean, man, we got some women who know how to cook in this church. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome. It was delicious. Your thoughtfulness is greatly appreciated. May God bless each one, Miss Betty Long. What a blessing. What a blessing. BMW continues to bless our community, and I'm thankful for that. This uh, past week, I was reading, and I read about a country... Uh, called Burma. You ever heard of the country called Burma? Not very many people have. But in Burma, there was this huge Buddhist temple. And in this Buddhist temple was a large and extremely fine bronze bell. And this bronze bell uh, was probably the, the pride of the Buddhist religion. And every Buddhist nation wanted this bronze bell for their own to put it in their own temple. But during one of the wars between these nations, an enemy took this bronze bell, and as they tried to cross the river, it fell over and it sank to the bottom of the river and into the mire at the bottom of the river. For years, engineers tried to recover the bell, to raise the bell, but they couldn't do it. At last, one very clever priest asked permission to raise the bell. And he said he would do it only if his temple got the bell. Permission was granted and the priest had all of his assistance to fasten thousands of bamboo rods to this bronze bell. When the last bamboo rod was attached to that bell, the buoyancy of the bamboo rods began to make that bell rise until it rose to the surface of the water. Can lift the heaviest of burdens. Faith can move the highest of mountains. And every whisper of believing prayer is like one of those bamboo rods. For a while your prayers may seem in vain. For a while it may seem like you're just to the ceiling. But then comes a time when that last prayer is lifted to the throne of God. And behold, the walls of Jericho fall, the highest mountain is laid flat, and the enemy in your life is defeated. Keep praying. The Bible says to pray ceasing and friends when you and I lay our lives alongside the word of God we learn something very special we learn that God can be trusted at his word now with that being said how many here today would like to see their lost loved ones saved hallelujah How many here would like to see the marriages in our nation restored and even get better? Hallelujah. How many here would like to see the obstacles and the barriers to God's greatest blessings removed? Hallelujah. How many of you would like to see your bodies and the bodies of your loved ones healed? Hallelujah. How many of you would like to have a more... Fulfilling a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord your God. Amen. If the answer to any of those questions for you is yes, then I guess the first thing you need to know is how can I do it? How can I have those things? Can I tell you that Jesus wants us to pray prayers that remove mountains? He wants us to pray prayers that move mountains out of God's way for our life. In Mark chapter 11, the word of God tells us in verse 12 that the next day when they, Jesus and the disciples, had come out of Bethany, he, Jesus, was hungry. Isn't it good to know that the Lord your God got hungry when he was here? He was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he might find something on it. Now, when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And in response, Jesus said to it, He said to that tree, Let no one eat from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now, you need to go on down to verse 20 for the rest of the story. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw that fig tree. And they saw that fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look! The fig tree which you have cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, And be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Let us pray. Father God, every single one of us here today have mountains in our lives, obstacles, hindrances, to your perfect will. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus today, you teach us how we might remove those mountains so that we can be in the center of your perfect will for us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Friends, to pray prayers that remove mountains, you and I need a greater understanding of what faith really is. So many people don't really understand what faith is. So, that Jesus and the scriptures give us four significant facts about faith, four ways to move the mountains, to move the hindrances from our life. And the first one is, is that you and I need to be sure that we're relating to the person of faith. Relate to the person of faith. You and I must identify the object of our faith. You've got to ask yourself this question. In what or in whom do I trust? Who do I trust? The critical words that Jesus said is, in God. He didn't say, have faith. He said, have faith in God. You see, faith has got to have an object. Faith has got to have an object. Faith by itself has no value. Only the object. Only God. In God, Brother Bill, what is faith in God? Friends, it's the absolute conviction that God is who he says he is. Faith in God is the unconditional certainty that God is our creator. He is our sustainer. He is our provider, our redeemer, our savior. And most of all, guess what? He's our master. He's the master of our lives. And the Bible says that if you don't have this belief, if you don't have this conviction, if you don't have this faith, then it's impossible for you to please God. For it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. got to have faith. But the Bible never says, I want you to have faith in faith. He says, I want you to have faith in God. But many people think that way. It says, well, I'm just going to have faith. But so often, a great difficulty comes up. A great problem comes up. And the believer feels that he or she needs to somehow arouse his or her faith. Some feel that if I can just stir up enough faith, I can overcome this obstacle. If I can just stir it up enough, I might be able to move this mountain. But can I tell you that man's faith don't move mountains. God moves mountains. Have faith in God. I believe that our problem is that most of the time, God doesn't remove mountains immediately. And so you and I think we got to help instead of just having faith in God. But we got to realize, friends, that, that our faith is built. Trust is built. Our relationship is built, and sometimes these things take a little time. So we need to wait on the Lord and continue to have faith in God. Think about it. Every time that somebody came to Jesus, it seemed like they were real weak In their faith. Yet even with their weak faith, God still saved them, God still blessed them, and God still helped them to overcome their obstacles. Think of Matthew chapter 14. Jesus came walking on the water out to his disciples and Peter asked if he could join them out there on the water. He got out there and the waves started to rise. And the wind began to howl. And can I tell you, it scared Peter. he got scared. He began to sink. But when he started to sink, Jesus was right there to save him even in the midst of his weak faith. You remember what Jesus said? He reached out and he caught him. And he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Have faith in God. You see, despite his fears, despite his doubts, Jesus was still there to save him. We just need to have faith in God and grow past those fears and grow past those doubts. And not only must we identify the object of our faith, I need to tell you this morning, you need to know the object of your faith. The more one knows about God, the more one believes in God. But you've got to know it. Consider two men. Two men who went out onto a frozen lake to fish the first man is told to go on out to the middle of the lake, cut a hole and start fishing. He's assured that the ice is thick enough to support him, and so he begins to step out on the ice. He takes that first step and he begins to get a little anxious. Another step and he begins to get downright fearful. After each cautious, anxious step, he grows more and more scared. Finally, his fear takes over. He can't stand it, and he gets on his hands and knees, and he crawls back to shore. Now consider the second man. He courageously and boldly walks out to the middle of the lake. He cuts a hole in the ice. He sits down. He begins to fish, and he catches more fish than he can carry. Three important questions for you about that story. One, what supported the man who were out there fishing? It wasn't his faith. It was the ice, the object of his faith. Two, which one had the strongest faith? Of course, it was the man who was out there fishing, catching dinner, amen? Amen. The other guy went out there with weak faith and he came crawling back and hungry. What made the difference in the faith of these two? Just one thing. One man knew about the ice and the other man didn't know about the ice. And so it is with removing mountains in your life. You must know the object of your faith. You must have an intimate relationship with the object of your faith. You've got to know about God's infinite strength. You've got to know about his complete sovereignty over every facet, over everything that goes on in this universe. You've got to know that his perfect will just may be that you be strengthened through this mountain. So you've got to identify and you've got to know the object of your faith. You've got to identify and know the person of your faith. Now, there's a a second fact, a second way about removing mountains that hinder your life. And that is to recognize the purpose of faith. The purpose of faith is to remove the mountains in your life. That's the purpose of faith. What do mountains represent in your life? Think about it. Mountains represent immovable objects. Mountains represent impossible things. Mountains represent overwhelming obstacles. Mountains represent challenges and adversities that come against us. Those things that come against us that seem too steep to climb, that seem too high to cross over, that seem too big to even see beyond. Mountains represent broken hearts. They represent broken relationships. Mountains represent diseases and sins and doubts and unbelief, disobedience and compromise. Those are mountains in our life. Mountains represent the barriers, the hurdles and the obstacles that stand between you and God's perfect will for your life. Some of them seem like Mount Everest. And some seem like just a molehill. But no matter their size, those mountains have got to be removed for you to be where God wants you to be. Have faith in God. Have faith in God, then say to this mountain, be removed. Did you notice that Jesus said, speak to your mountains? He said it, not me. He said, say, say, say Say it louder. Dang. Say that mountain, be removed. Talk to your mountains. What you're doing when you talk to your mountain is you're identifying something. Something that stands in the way of you having a perfect relationship with God. You're identifying something that is standing in the way and you're asking Him to remove it. You want it gone because it stands in the way of you and Him. Now, you need to know that that mountain may seem like a barrier, but all too often, our mountains are also tools. They're tools that help our faith to grow. They're tools that, that glorify God as we work with those mountains. And when you recognize those mountains as things that glorify God, when you recognize those mountains as as things that might help your faith to grow, then you need to come to the point and have the courage to say, please, 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 Lord, if you're going to be glorified, don't remove this mountain. His will be done, not mine. So Jesus has identified the person of faith, and he also identified the purpose of faith. But he goes on, and he speaks about retaining a possession of faith. Now, there are two great ways to to have faith in your life. One is prayer, and one is hearing the Word of God. What is prayer? Prayer is two-way communication between you and your Heavenly Father. That involves a little bit of talking, and it involves a whole lot of listening, amen? But which one do we like to do the most? I didn't hear you. We like to talk more. We like to listen, don't we? See, like so many of God's promises, there are crucial conditions. For mountains to be removed, Jesus said, you must pray. You must pray. You must pray. The Bible says in verse 24, when you pray. He's assuming that you're going to be doing that. He says, when you pray, trying to do is is strive to remove the doubts in our life, those mountains of doubts in some cases. In prayer, we're we're striving never to have a second thought about what God can do. We're going to trust him. That's what prayer is. Lord, I can't do it anymore. I can't remove this mountain by myself, so I'm going to trust you to do it. And if you want it to stay there, praise God, I want it to stay there too. See, what Christ is after in our lives is that we grow in our belief. He's after um, our growth in trust of God. And he wants us to believe that all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. How many things? How many things? All things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. So the first way to increase your faith, you need to pray. Two-way communication with your Heavenly Father. Now, the second way to have faith, and it's part of why you're here today, is you want to hear the Word of God. See, that involves uh, God's authority. How many of you know that this is the authority of God? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the authority of God. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the church. It's not about the denomination. It's about the word of God. But you do need to know that that word hearing, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that word hearing does not just mean audibly. It doesn't mean just listening to some some sappy preacher talking about the word of God. It means more than that. Hearing also means obediently accepting the truth. It also means allowing the word of God to permeate my life and change me to be more like my Savior Jesus Christ. It's more than just audible hearing. So friends, don't doubt it. Don't doubt it, but believe it. And don't just hear it, but do it. Amen? Friends, you won't do it if you don't believe it. Right? And can I tell you, you don't believe it if you ain't doing it. How about that? That hurt you like it hurt me? You don't believe this if you ain't doing this. It's ink on pages. And, friend, you don't believe it if you ain't doing it. won't pray. You won't hear the word of God. And if you don't do those things, then I can tell you by the authority of the word of God, your mountains will not be removed. You won't have enough faith to do that. See, part of our belief is willingness. Willingness to say to that mountain, be removed. When Jesus was here on earth, his power came from the authority of God's word. All Jesus had to do was say it, and it was a done deal. That's the point he's making to us. He's saying, if we'll speak to it, don't doubt it, have faith in God, believe it, and stand on the authority of God's word, your mouth will be made flat as a flitter. He said, it, not me. There's a fourth way. A fourth that enables us to move mountains in our life. And that involves reaping the payoff of faith. A man who truly prays having faith in God will have what he says. A man or woman who prays having faith in God will have what he says. Jesus says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So speak to it. Say to that, mountain, Don't doubt it. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe it. He that believes that those things he says will be done. And you'll have it. You'll have whatever things he says. I want to tell you today, That the mountains that stand in the way of you and God's perfect will can be removed. The mountain of complacency that stands before you and doing what God wants you to do can be removed. You can say, Brother Bill, I want to serve. I want to do things in the church. I want to do things in this community. But there's this mountain standing in front of me. And I can't find myself to get here except on Sunday morning. God will help you to remove that mountain if you have faith in God and do not doubt and believe in your heart. The mountains which confront you can be removed, but say but. Always seems to be a but, don't there? Here is what the Bible doesn't tell you. The Bible doesn't tell us when that mountain will be removed. It doesn't say when it will be removed. It only promises that it will be removed. James 1, 1 verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Sometimes those mountains produce patience. And we have to trust in God and wait on God and have faith in God. See, a lot of times, God's perfect timing goes hand in hand with mountain moving. And you don't want your perfect timing. You want God's perfect timing. And i got to tell you that God always has great purpose in waiting. So if you're waiting, don't think that God's turned his back on you. He's wanting to do a great work in you. Mountain movers, they believe and fully expect God to answer their prayers no matter how long it takes. Just keep saying, I know God's heard me, and I know he's going to answer me. And I'm waiting on him, and I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to continue having faith in God. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then in Luke chapter 10, he tells his disciples, Behold, I give you the authority over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by no means hurt you. Jesus gives us the ability to be mountain movers. Mountain movers. He gives us the authority that was given to him by his father to remove the barriers in our life that hinder our relationship with him. But you've got to have faith in God. He's given us the authority to break through those obstacles that hinder our abilities to serve Him. But we must trust the person of our faith. Have faith in God. We must know the purpose of our faith. We need to be willing to say to that mountain, be removed. We must be willing to cling to the possession of our faith. Do not doubt, only believe. And we must be willing to experience the payoff of our faith. For when you pray, believe that you receive, and you will have them. There may be some here today that say, Brother Bill, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I've never trusted Jesus as the one to remove the mountain of my sin that sending me to a sinner's hell." I don't know him. I never trusted him. I'm assuring you today that if you will believe that Jesus is God's son, if you'll believe that Jesus died for your sins and mine, if you'll believe that he wants a relationship with you, if you believe that he wants you to have an abundant life today and eternal life when your days on earth are through, if you can believe By the authority of God's word, I can tell you that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What kind of mountains have you got in your life? Been trying to handle those mountains yourself, have you? Have faith in God. Say to that mountain, be removed. When you pray, do not doubt, believe, and you will have that which you ask. Let's pray. Father in heaven, if we were to be able to see the mountains that stand in the lives of just those that are here today, It'd be a mountain range that looks like the Himalayas. Incredible hindrances and obstacles that stand in the way of us doing your perfect will. Lord, we need you desperately. And I pray that your word has fallen on receptive hearts today that will encourage us to have faith in you. That you know exactly what you're doing. And then we're going to continue to trust you and we're going to continue to be obedient to you. We're going to continue to believe and do not doubt. We're going to continue to pray and ask for those things that we know not. And we're going to trust you and continue doing what it is you've called us to do, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, commanding them to do all the things that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has commanded us. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for its authority. And I thank you for your son, Jesus. And if there's one here today who ne- never placed his faith in the, the life that Jesus gave for us, behold, today is the day of salvation. Let them know they can be saved today. And you'll be glorified as you pour out your abundant life for them here. And the hope of eternal life to all those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us that seems to know no bounds. And now, Lord, I pray that you would have your will and your way in this invitation and decision time. Whatever the decision is, Lord, let them come forth and receive the great blessing of the Lord our God. In Jesus' name, we pray it all. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.